Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan the Mandarin. How are you, Dan? Well, I am great. I am looking forward to reconnecting with an old friend of mine. It's uh, kind of weird that it takes a podcast for us to get on a call and, and reconnect in this busy life we're in, uh, but it's going to be fun. And and uh, another little aside, we're going to be talking about fitness, but a little bit of an aside is is our guest is also an ultra runner. So you guys so, are in the uh, same club. I get it. I don't run even when being chased. There's nothing that you could say, Dan, that will convince me to run anything other than, well, I've done a 5K. Yeah, a 5K. And I did it just to prove to myself that I could. And I did. And that's you're still it. young. You're still young, Jenny. This is a, a sport that tends to grab a hold of people in their late 30s, 40s. I feel like, so. No, the cosmos is telling me I shouldn't be running. You want to know why? Because I signed up for the, the rock and roll half marathon in San Francisco in 2020. Guess what happened in 2020, Dan? COVID. Oh, and my race yeah. got canceled. And I was like, oh, thank God, because I did not train for this. <laughs> I was about to go out there and die for four hours of my life just to enjoy San Francisco. So I feel like that was the cosmos giving me an out. And I've taken it. So okay. I buy that. I buy that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yes, today we're going to be talking about what it takes to become a successful personal trainer. Of course, there's no one answer to this. All we can do really is like go out there and do it, try it, try things, right? A lot of life is trial and error, but we can talk to people who have done it and been successful in it. And our guest today, Austin Johnson, joins us. At, he worked with Gold's Gym um, and he has been a personal trainer for 10 years now, since 2012, right, Austin? Uh, actually, uh, that's since I've been with Gold Gym. I started oh, wow. as a PT in 2004. Oh, mm. even so, more. So that's almost 20 years. Ooh. I don't want to ask how old you are, but you're probably old now, Austin. Old enough. <laughs> old enough right? to have two little kids. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Older and wiser, we'll say. Yeah. Like a fine wine. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, welcome, Austin. Tell us a little bit about Thank yourself you. and how did you get from where you started to where you are now? Uh, well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Dan has become a really good friend of mine, and uh, I really enjoy uh, our friendship and, and keeping up with him as much as possible. And him and ISSA have done a lot um, for Gold's Gym and our partnership, um, and I can't wait to continue that relationship on into the future. So um, a little bit about me. Uh, so... How I got into fitness, I grew up in a small town in the Texas panhandle, um, Canadian Texas, that is, um, <laughs> and uh, like 2,000 people. And if you even had a shred of athletic ability, then you got to play pretty much all sports and, um, and got a lot of playing time in all sports. So I, I was gifted with a little bit of ability. And so, you know, that was kind of my first um, hoorah into physical activity was, was sports, um, football, basketball. I ran track, cross country, all that kind of stuff. And then um, I went to college. I went to Mississippi State University. 
and uh, spent the first couple years like switching degrees. I couldn't really find out what it was I wanted to do. And then I had I had just kind of gotten into like uh, more lifting um, and actually going to the gym and getting into structured uh, uh, structured workout routine um, through buddying up with a couple of guys in the dorm. And they were like, well, dude, uh, why don't you just do exercise science? You like lifting, you like working out, you like going to the gym. Why don't you do that? You can make it a career. And I didn't even know that that was an option at that point back in, I think this was 2003, maybe. Um, I didn't know you could study exercise. Uh, that might sound crazy, but I didn't know that was a college option. Um, so I changed my major to exercise science. And uh, I ended up getting a bachelor's and a master's in exercise science at Mississippi State University. And then uh, along that ride, I became a personal trainer in the college rec center. Um, I ended up becoming a PT at a wellness facility that was owned by the local hospital. And that's kind of where PT started was in college. And when I finished, when I, when I finished my master's, I began looking for a job as an exercise physiologist, because that's what my degree actually was, clinical exercise physiology. And, and it was kind of during the recession, hospitals weren't really hiring people. It was really hard to find a job. And I was like, well, I can't, I had moved back to Texas and I was working in the Texas oil field. And while you can make a lot of money doing that, it is not the job for me. Um, it is not fun. And so I said, I'm going to go back to being a personal trainer. I'll at least get to use my education and then we'll see what happens um, from there. I got hired on as a personal trainer in Austin, Texas for Gold's Gym. I moved down there. This was in 2012. And the rest is history. I, I've stayed with Gold's ever since. And, and uh, it's, it's been a blast. Well, so for the listeners out there, you may have hold, heard of uh, Gold's Gym, kind of <laughs> iconic, legendary company. And, you know, uh, what's really cool about learning from Austin today is he literally started as a personal trainer, and he is now the national personal training manager of Gold's Gym. That's kind of a big deal in the personal training world. So, so Austin, you know, uh, we're speaking to a lot of people on this podcast from brand new or even newly registered certified personal trainers to folks that are all the way, you know, uh, making a career out of it and deciding which direction to go. For those folks that are maybe just getting started and those trying to, you know, change it up and be more successful, what are some of the aspects or skills or traits that a, that a newer trainer should be focused on to ensure their success? Uh, that is a great question. And I'm glad you asked that first, because like, that's my biggest passion, Dan, is, is helping new PTs, uh, find a way in this, uh, fitness industry that we all work in. Um, it, it, it takes a lot of hard work, but I, I really believe if, if you're wanting to chase a dream and you are wanting a career as a personal trainer or a career in fitness, and the entry is to become a personal trainer, you can have success 100%. If you're willing to work hard, you can have success. I mean, the first thing is, is what you guys do. It's finding a good education. Um, and there's a lot of different certifications out there these days. 
Um, there's a handful that are very, very reputable, you guys being one of them, obviously, but getting a really good certified personal training certificate um, is step one, without a doubt. Um, and, and I would advise, like, if you're thinking, if you're in an exercise science related field in college right now, a lot of those still don't automatically give you a CPT. Um, so if you're even thinking, like, maybe I'm going to want to be a personal trainer, just go ahead and do it. Just, just go ahead and find a, a quality one. I highly recommend ISSA and go ahead and do it. Um, so that would be step one. Step two would be um, when, when you're actually going to get a job um, and you're looking for a job as a personal trainer, you should be interviewing the managers who are interviewing you um, ju just like they're interviewing you. You want to make sure that you're going to be joining a gym that is going to give you maximum support and help to grow your business because it's a lot different um, stepping into the world of personal training. I mean, you ultimately are responsible for building your business. And so it takes a lot of support and coaching and development from your fitness manager. And so I would be making sure that, you know, you're, you're kind of evaluating the fitness manager that you might be going to work for. And then third, uh, I got two more, sorry, I'm going long form here. Two more. Uh, third would be, um, you know, making sure that you're stepping into the job, knowing that it's going to take a decent amount of time and effort to build your business. It doesn't just come easy. You have to have some time and availability. And then lastly uh, would be continuing education. Like exercise science never stops. Yeah. Like research never stops. We're constantly learning new ways and better ways to train people. So you have to constantly be developing your, your education. Honestly, Jenny, if there's one thing that I see that is, is kind of the make or break deal for new PTs, it is like, what do they walk in? What expectations do they walk into the job with? Like, are they honest with themselves that this is going to take a lot of effort, um, a lot of face time with other people to build my business? And I, am I committed to that 100%? I think that's probably um, the main thing that is missing for PTs who don't quite make it. So Austin, think, you know, I know that if I say, think of one, two, three trainers that you've had the opportunity to work with or mentor, hire, develop, et cetera, work alongside, think of one or two of them that just stood out. And so maybe when you're mentoring new trainers, you know, you're like, be like Dave, you know, be like, be like, be like Rachel. This is what Rachel did. What are those things that they just stood out and, 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 and enabled them to kind of, I call it sky's the limit, you know, their opportunities were endless. Um, yeah, there is definitely a handful of PTs uh, that stand out. I was a fitness manager along this, this journey I've been on at one point in time at a club for a couple of years. And so I had a team of PTs that I, I managed and, and trained and developed and helped. 
And so a lot of those PTs that I'm thinking of were old PTs on my team. Um, but as far as the one or two things, like, I think the first thing was they just seized every opportunity possible. Like they would come in and on day one, they'd be like, look, I've got to succeed. I am willing to do whatever I have to do to make this happen. They open up their availability wide. They're willing to be at the club whenever they have to be at the club. They're willing to um, come into the club for an appointment if they're not already there, if it means that they might get a client out of it. They see, um, you know, they see the complimentary PT sessions that most members get at, depending on what brand you work for, as an opportunity, not as like a waste of time. That's a big one. And um, their personality is just like, I mean, above and beyond. I mean, they're just like the most positive, energetic, motivated people that I've ever met. They're, and they're people people. Like um, going out on the floor and meeting members, talking to members at the front desk, like all that kind of, it's not scary to them. Um, it, it just kind of comes natural. And there are a couple that maybe if it was like, if, if it was kind of going out of your comfort zone to, to, to like go and and talk to people on the floor and drum up business. Maybe, maybe there's a couple that I know that if that's how it was in the beginning, they got over it because as cliche as it sounds, they took themselves outside of their comfort zone to become comfortable. You know what time it is. Time for another ISSA rapid review. Sachin had this to say about our strength and conditioning course. Good study material was provided. I had enough time to study and the quizzes were really helpful. Thanks, Sachin. So you mentioned, uh, Austin, that you managed personal trainers. So being, you know, with that hat on, obviously you're in a, in a, in a, a similar role now, but you're, you're managing directors and regional directors. But that first line where you're really helping and coaching and developing and, and you know, being a resource for, for, for the, the new trainers out there. What's it like, you know, uh, in the different stages, you know, day one, week one versus year one. Uh, it's kind of a, a lot of parts to this. So I want you to speak to the ones that, that really stand out. And, you know, coaching the various aspects, like, like you said, interaction with members, sales, the S word, uh, that piece of it. And do you, do you find that sometimes, you know, some folks need a little extra effort in one area that others may not? Oh yeah. 100%. Uh -huh. That's a great question too. I'm smiling because I love talking about this kind of stuff. Um, and yeah. So, so when you look at a new PT, uh, somebody, and when I say new, like somebody who's never been a PT at a different gym before, this is their first PT job. Uh, you're looking at maximum coaching and development of that team member for at least the first three or four months. Um, of course, you bring them on, you onboard them, you, you, you know, you take them through the typical onboarding stuff. But then, you know, you start practicing the different parts of their job um, that are going to, one, help them grow their business and two, help them maintain their clients and, and get renewals. Um, so you have the sales portion. And really for me, that's uh, when I was a fitness manager, like 
I would spend the first couple weeks like just repping and role playing and repping and role playing and tons and tons and tons and tons until like they were sick of it. Um, you know, <laughs> and then you let them start trying it on their own. And, and that's that's when they can kind of really um, get even better at it because then they're put in real situations and stuff. But the first two weeks was tons of repping and role playing um, any kind of sales process that we had. Um, whether it was, you know, new members coming in the door and, and just sitting down with them real briefly while they're buying their membership or, or, or the new uh, membership consult uh, when they actually take them through a free session. Tons and tons and tons of repping and role playing on that. And then after that, uh, you know, once they start building a clientele, then it shifts more from like repping and role playing to like observing their actual um, what they're actually doing with real members. So observing free PT sessions, observing training sessions with clients, giving them coaching and, and, and feedback on both of those to continue to hone those skills of their trade. And, and you, you do that until they don't need it anymore. I think that's a big mistake that a lot of, uh, that a lot of, uh, managers in whatever role in the fitness industry make as they think like, okay, yeah, well, so we onboard them and then, you know, we, we kind of take them along for two or three months and, and then we're good. That's not necessarily the case. They might need your help for a while. And, and that's what you're there for is to support them. So, um, you know, some catch on quickly, some need a little more coaching and motivation and like inspiration to get better. And I tell our managers that all the time. I'm like, hey, guys, um, if a PT is underperforming, they don't need you coming down on them. They're already feeling bad enough about their own performance. that They don't need you coming down on them. They need you to support them, to continue to inspire them, to be that person that believes in them. That's what they need. And I think if we did a better job uh, in the fitness industry as a whole, it's like, you know, instead of coming down on people, like supporting them and inspiring them and, and that kind of thing, we would get a lot further. I don't know if that answers your question, but. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you know, for the listeners out there, Austin mentioned that during the interview process, it's a two-way communication. Do not be afraid to ask, what kind of support do you give? This is the, you know, be honest. This is my first job working as a personal trainer in a health club. I'm really looking forward to it. It's something I've been wanting to do a long time, et cetera. What kind of support can I expect to learn, you know, learn the ropes? Because that is a, that, that's a big differentiator when you have choices of where to go and you do have a lot of choices in your career path is ensure you're somewhere that, that has a culture of support and development like Austin speaking to no, I love what you guys are talking about as far as the support that you get when you work in a club, but there's so many people out there, Austin, I'm sure we've all seen this, that are like, oh, why would I work in a club first, right? I just want to work for myself. It's the, there's a, a ton of benefits to not only being around successful personal trainers, getting that mentorship and that guidance for things that maybe you aren't as good at. Um, plus you get practice, right? I see a lot of people, especially in our boot camps, which are people studying for the courses who are like, oh, I'm going to, you know, give people a guinea pig discount when I first get out for the first couple months. And I'm like, no, first of all, like you can tell people you're new, but they don't need the, the if you tell them you're giving them a guinea pig discount and you know, you're tiptoeing around stuff, it makes it make them feel like you don't know what you're doing. Like, sure, you may be, you may not be familiar with it and like super confident in what you're doing, but 
you know what you're doing, like trust yourself a little bit. But in a lot of cases, I started off in a club and I learned so much in it. And then I also realized that the club wasn't like where I wanted to be. Um, Not because I didn't like it. I actually loved the club that I last worked at, but I had other opportunities to make more money and do different things. And I explored those, right? So there's other things that can come from that kind of like for you, like look at where you are now overseeing the management of all these personal trainers for goals. Right. Yeah, I, I think it depends on, I don't know if that was a question, but I'm going to treat it like yeah, Go for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I think it kind of depends on what a person's goals and ambitions are. You know, like, what are you wanting out of your future? Um, for me, I honestly, I really didn't know. I mean, I started as a personal trainer um, with goals. And, and, and in the beginning, it was like, okay, I'm not doing this forever. I want to be a clinical exercise physiologist. That's my goal. But then I got into it and I I became pretty successful pretty quick. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't want to do that if I can work at a gym the rest of my life and have this kind of success and make this kind of money. And so, you know, my goal changed. And then I saw upward mobility with my career. I can be a fitness manager. I can be a GM. I can be a regional director of fitness and all this career growth opportunity, then it just became, okay, well, I want to stay with Golds and I want to see how far I can take this because I love working at a gym. You know, I love working in fitness. And, um, you know, there are some people who, who they want to do that kind of path. And then there are folks who they're like, no, I just want to be a career personal trainer. And I, I, I'm, I'm just as impressed by that choice as any other choice. And, you know, the whole big box versus studio or, or whatever, like, I, I don't care. It's like, what do you like? What are you going to be good at? What do you want to chase? And so I think they're all great. Um, we got some, we got some trainers that work for us that are like, you know, extremely accomplished PTs. And they could completely make it in a world on their own, but but they like the team atmosphere. They like some of the more security that comes with working in a big box. Um, and so it's just kind of to each his own, really. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's okay to not know from the beginning, right? Sometimes yeah, you have to be totally. in it for a little bit to figure out whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I still don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, like if somebody says to me, like, what do you, what's your goal? with your career and I'm like I don't know like how do you even know that how does a human being know that I maybe I'm just different I don't know but it's kind of like I'm kind of just flying by the seat of my pants and just seeing where this journey takes me to be honest that's more fun anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is totally Absolutely. So in Gold's Gym, specifically, since that's where you've spent most of your time, what are some personal training and group training trends that you've seen kind of take off in recent years that people can really kind of specialize or differentiate themselves with? Um, I mean, as far as personal training trends, I mean, some of the biggest ones that uh, the absolute biggest one we're seeing right now is like how technology is used within the personal training space. I think everybody's aware of that. Um, and there's many different ways to do that. Um, a lot of our PTs right now are switching to, um, you know, 
more technological type, type ways to manage their clientele and, and, and that kind of thing. And I really appreciate that. We don't, we don't offer that as a company right now, but it's stuff we've looked into. Um, uh, but I mean, as far as like actual training trends, man, I, 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 this is a hard question for me because I feel like there's a million of them. I mean, I, I don't, and like, you know, in our space, we train such a variety of people in the big box gym. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a variety of people. There's no, no real like niche. It's, it's so much different stuff that, I mean, there's a lot of different stuff going on. Let me give you a couple for examples. Like what about like group training? Like, right. There's like team training or small group training that's initiated by the gym, right? The gym says, all right, we have this trainer who's available. They can take 10 people for the, like a bootcamp so, style class. Yeah, so there, that that is a trend. Obviously, like um, we're in a time where money isn't as easy to come by for a lot of people in the world right now. Um, we just went through this pandemic. I mean, st- we're still coming back from it technically. I mean, technically we're not even out of it. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, we're coming back from an economic um, uh, hardship. And so people are moving in the direction of like, okay, well, we need to appeal to everybody. There's a lot of people that can't afford just straight up one-on-one right now. So let's try to start building on our group personal training. And in my opinion, that is probably still, no matter what business you look at, what big box you look at, I believe that is still the most untapped potential in the fitness industry right now. And, 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 and here's the thing, like, um, like I don't, when I say small group personal training, I mean, actual personal training, yeah. not a boot camp, not a circuit. Like in my head, I have this vision of like, there's a way to do it where each individual actually is on their own program and getting their own coaching from the PT and that kind of thing. Like, to my knowledge, that has still not been done, probably because of the logistics of it. It's kind of a logistical nightmare, to be honest. But in my opinion, whoever accomplishes that first is going to really go a long way with it. Yeah, I agree. And that's huge. And not only does the person taking the training get to pay less, right? So they can afford more. The trainer makes more per hour, but you're right. I think there is a way to do it where each person gets their own individualized program versus everybody kind of doing the same thing. Um, yeah. And, and I think I think another thing, if I may add, I think another thing, the, the reason also, another reason why that nobody's really tried to do that is because there is a idea and a thought process in our industry that like, if you're going to have a personal trainer, they have to be right there with you the whole entire time. They can't leave your side. And I don't necessarily believe in that for everyone. Some yeah. people need that. 100% some people need that. A lot of people need that. If, if you have literally no foundation of, of fitness and you're pretty far gone and, and, and this is so new to you that, yeah, you, you probably do need that. But there are some people that come in with you know, a certain level of education or, or a certain level of fitness that they don't necessarily need somebody standing right there beside them all the time. If they had somebody that was giving a, a program, giving them a program and coaching and cueing it 
cueing them through it here and there and getting them through it while everybody else is, is kind of on a getting moved through theirs, that's totally possible. It's just a lot of logistics go into that, but it's something that kind of is, intrigues me. Yeah, I think it would take a special personal trainer to be able to pay attention to all that and like yeah. keep it all straight. <laughs> and I don't know. You're you're the bodybuilder and, and kind of more of the strength person. It sounds like you might know more about this than I. But I've heard that in like kind of your old school um, like strength training and power type gyms, yeah, they actually kind of do do that. Um, yeah, in some places, I actually do it with my athletes. I, I work with collegiate athletes as a strength and, strength and conditioning coach, and specifically my volleyball teams, um, men's and women's. But at certain times of the year, I'll have beach players, and then the coach wants to separate them out by position. So, for example, my pin hitters, my setters, and then my passers. And there are very different statures, right? Very different skill sets on the court. So their physical needs are a little bit different. So what I actually do, and this is so this is actually a way maybe, Austin, you can use this. Um, I actually write up four different workouts, beach players, yeah. pins, setters, and my passers. And in the beginning of the workout, when they're doing their set warm-up, which takes about 10 minutes, it's the same warm-up that they do most days. Um, I will actually demonstrate, Hey, pins, come on over. This is what you guys are working on. Here's your space. Libs, come over. Here's what we're working on for you guys. And I'll demo just like I would for a large group. I'll demo for the five or six athletes at a time. And then I say, all right, when you're done with your warm-up, go. And then I float around and I post it. I use those giant post-it notes and put them on the wall. So it's written out for them. And I'm like, all right, where are you working at? Okay, what do you need help with? And I walk, float around between four different workouts in the same space for an hour and a half. So yep. it absolutely can be done. You just have to figure out how to get it started. And to yep. me, it's just demoing individually. So I'm not giving kids that don't need this information over here, this information. Um, it, it's very been very successful for me. And it allows yeah. us to get a lot more done. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When I was a fitness manager, um, I was only allowed to train a certain number of sessions every week because mm -hmm. most of my job is managing, right? Yeah. So I can only train five sessions a week, but like I wanted to train as many people as possible. So I started a group training program, a group personal training program, exactly like what you just described. And I, I just, once everybody was started on their program for the day, I was just floating yeah. and, and, you know, getting people through it. And people probably look at me like, this guy is all over the gym. Like, what is he doing? Like, man, he's, he's everywhere, but it, 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 it's a cool concept. So hopefully yeah. somebody will turn that into like a, a big time thing. Gold. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I actually want to tag on to the trend question before we wrap up one last question. Yeah. Um, thinking trends, but Consider your trainer's education. Like you said, they always should be learning. They should always be, you know, sharpening the sword, I call it. What are you seeing as trends or uh, what, what tends to be most beneficial in continuing education? So, for example, we have at ISSA 20 plus specializations, nutrition, corrective exercise, strength and conditioning, uh, behavior change, health coaching, you know, the group training, uh, the list goes on. And what if you were to say, okay, here's a couple of things that I've seen that when folks get some additional, you know, education in that topic area, it, it opens up the doors for even wider. Um, I mean, there is no doubt in my mind that the most important thing that we can be providing our clients is, is education on nutrition. I mean, so there's this guy out there and he has a fitness podcast and it's also a nutrition podcast. 
And uh, he, he is a personal trainer. He's a famous one. I'm not going to name him on here because I don't know what, you know, if that's okay or not. But, um, but he is a famous guy. Um, and his, he always says, exercise is a poor way to lose weight. And what, what he's talking about is like, you can exercise all you want, but if you don't eat right, you're not going to get the results yeah. you want. And so uh, that, that's still a big miss um, on, on PT's parts. I really think that um, if you're going to get your clients results, you have got to get them eating right. You have to. And so I think that's the biggest one. I think every PT on earth should have at least some kind of formal nutrition training, if not a lot. The more you know about how people uh, need to eat, um, the more you can help them with that, the better their results get. Um, and I actually believe like may, this is maybe not for athletes because, you know, they're, they're a much more uh, complex body than your average Joe. But a lot of what we train is our is average Joe's coming into our club. If you just get them working out, just doing something, at least in the beginning, and then you you help them understand like, okay, but here's how you got to eat. They get insane results, like right out of the gates for at yeah. least their first, you know, six months. Um, it could be up to a year if they have a lot of weight to lose. So I think nutrition is the most important education outside of like the actual CPT that a PT could get. Love it. I and you'll have a nutrition cert and it's really good. So there you go. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. I always tell people you can't out train a bad diet. And we all know that our, right. our fitness goals are 80% or some people would venture to say more 80% nutrition. Yeah. So you can't work around that by any means. And you shouldn't be giving people bunk advice, like, right. Educate yourself, continue to educate yourself. And to your point, Austin, learning never stops, right. This industry never right. stops. And so continue your education, even if it is in nutrition, because guess what? Nutrition is a very, very large field. <laughs> very. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, for the folks out there listening, if, if anybody would like to get in contact with you or learn more about it, you know, working at gold shim, you, you have locations, your corporate locations, I believe over 60 of them, but the franchise, I can't even begin to, to you know, associate a number to. What's a, a good place for them to start to connect with you or the brand? Um, so anybody who listens to this who is seriously interested um, or considering a career as a personal trainer, um, you know, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, but... I mean, you can also email me. I have no problem with you emailing me. My email is ajohnson at goldsgym.com. Um, I, I, I talk to people all the time that are interested in, in potentially switching careers or, or, you know, just starting a career as a PT. And I love talking to people about that. It's conversations like we're having now. Um, so I, uh, I, I invite all of, all of that. Um, so that would be the best way to connect with me. And, and then, of course, like if, if you're wanting to go to work for Golds, you know, the next step is to uh, we have a career page. And um, if you just go to goldsgym.com and scroll the bottom, there's a careers thing at the bottom. You can you can go to the careers page and it shows you any and all locations um, that are available. And uh, those are our corporate locations. If you live in a town where there's a franchise, um, well, then I could let you know that that's a franchise and get you in contact with the right person there. 
Nice. And we'll link the Gold's Gym website, you guys, in the description for the podcast. So check there for that. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for all your advice. Great advice. I love everything that you're sharing. A lot of benefits, again, to working in a club, um, especially if you're just starting out, tons of benefits. It's worth a try because you never know. Your, your plans might change, might be like a lava lamp floating all over the place, right? But you might find something that you absolutely yeah. love. So thank you for sharing that, Austin. Absolutely. I, I, I really appreciate y'all having me on today. Um, I, oh, I, I get to do these every now and then. And when I do... Uh, I, I mean, there's a, there's several things in my job where like, like they, they bring me back to the original reason that I got involved in all of this and talking through this stuff, talking about, you know, new PTs and launching into a career as a fitness, um, uh, uh, professional, like they really, it really brings me back to like why this is so important to me and why I got started in this. So thanks for giving me that opportunity to, to enjoy that again. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Any last words for our listeners today, Dan? Yeah. I want to echo what Austin said. Um, it, it really is amazing to, to be centered again and remember why you're doing what you're doing. So whether you're at the very beginning of your career or you're 10, 15, 20 years into it. Remember, because I call it the whirlwind. I learned it from a book I read and I can't remember the title or I'd give it to you, Jenny. Um, but we just get caught up in the whirlwind every day, whether it's numbers, emails, uh, you know, meetings, et cetera. And we often forget why we got into it in the first place and, and don't forget and, and you know, uh, find ways to re-engage like we're doing right here. Absolutely. Here, here. I agree. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. And as always, we encourage you go out into the world, be fruitful, do all the things you need to do, but also make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.